How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the 16th episode of the Wanna Talk Sports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryland Kelly, and I'm with Kyle Morrison. How you doing? Bro, I'm just confused by the NBA right now. That's what I am. I I think that I picked like maybe one of these teams to be in the conference finals at the beginning of the season, and the one the, the one team I picked doesn't even have their best player right now. So it is a confusing time to be a fan of the NBA. Yeah, I think that's the same with me, actually. Sadly enough, because I didn't pick my team, and now I, now I regret that I should have. I should have believed in them playing against LeBron. But I mean, it's it's hard when LeBron had never lost a game in the first, or never lost a series in the first round, not a game. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I don't think anyone saw the Suns coming, so I don't blame you on that one. I mean, especially before the season, no one was picking the Suns to be in the conference finals. They were all thinking, ah, Chris Paul might get him to the sixth seed. You know, this team almost got to the playoffs in the bubble last year. But to now see them, I mean, I think that right now you have to consider them, assuming Chris Paul comes back within the next week, probably the favorites to win the championship at this point with the four teams that are remaining. So... Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if they're necessarily the favorites. I feel like I feel like the Bucks are probably the favorites, but we'll get into that all later. We'll talk about that. This is going to be an all NBA episode because that's what's going on in the sports world right now. There is some MLB, there is some NFL, but that's not really what's important right now. So we're going to do all NBA. It's going to be a good time. It should be a fun show. Indeed, indeed. Let's get started with, um, there's been a lot of injuries in the NBA this year, but the one that is the most pressing right now for the Los Angeles Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, two-time finals MVP. Um, He injured his knee in game four against the Utah Jazz in the second round. Um, And uh, there's a lot of conjecture out there on how bad the injury is. Some people are saying that he's day-to-day. Others are saying that he probably will miss the rest of the playoffs. So, Really, no one knows what's really no one knows what's going on with Kawhi. But miraculously, the Clippers still found a way to beat the number one seed in the West. They came back from 25 in Game Six at home to win the series without Kawhi. Terrence Mann apparently is the next coming of Jesus Christ um, in Game Six, and so the Los Angeles Clippers find a way to beat the Jazz. Ryland, what are your thoughts on that? Dude, Terrence Mann was channeling his inner Clay Game Six, dude. He- Terrence Mann, he literally, like, wasn't playing at the start of the year. Like, no one knew who Terrence Mann was at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Then I remember I saw a meme about Terrence Mann. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> then he started getting some minutes. And then he just goes for 39 in game six to lead the Clippers to a 25-point comeback against the number one seed. And you got to give credit to Paul George, too, dude. Playoff P has arrived. Kristaps yeah, yeah. Porzingis wanted to be playoff P. No, no shot. Porzingis was garbage this year. Paul <laughs> George has been scary without Kawhi. Like, I mean, really, I, I think it was kind of cool to be able to see him step up, like, without Kawhi, who's, I think most people would agree, is the best player on that team. Be able to see Paul George step up and really lead this team has been super fun. And, I did not expect them to lose Kawhi and then win back-to-back games to close out the series. I thought maybe it goes to seven and they lose, but like winning it in six was not what I, not what I would have predicted, but honestly, I haven't predicted anything right in these playoffs. Yeah. These playoffs have been wild game five, I think was a case of the jazz taking the Clippers lightly with Kawhi gone. I think the jazz took the Clippers lightly and even without Kawhi, the Clippers are a very good team. Game six, in all honesty, the ghosts of Clippers past, all the times that they did not make it to the Western Conference Finals, all the great teams they had that arguably with this team without Kawhi were all better than this team is currently constructed. Finally, something had to give for the Clippers organization. And I think what you saw in game six was just all that luck that they had been saving up from past years finally coming finally coming into their graces. They've shot over 70% from three-point range in the second half. which it's been, it's been absurd. Like, <laughs> Reggie Jackson, for some reason in the second half in the past, like, three games has just lights out. Just I think he's shooting, like, 80% in the second half from three. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. And... Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't like to see it knowing who they're playing next. Yeah, what what I will say about the Jazz, 
<laughs> is that Rudy Gobert got exposed in game six. Rudy Gobert, he's defensive player of the year. He's incredible in the paint, but he just could not get out to those corner three-point shooters. Terrence Mann, four of his three-pointers were wide open in the corner. And they were like so wide open, he almost didn't want to take them. But like his teammates were like, take the shot. And he took it and he made it because that was the night that Terrence Mann was having. Um, but really what the Clippers did was they just said, all right, we're just not going to play any of our bigs. We're just going to go out there with five guys who can shoot. And we're just going to pass the ball and drive and kick it out. And if they don't make 70% of their shots in the second half, 70% of their three-pointers in the second half, it's a completely different story. But the oh, yeah. The fact that they were making all their threes is what makes it ingenious. And Rudy Gobert was just too slow. He couldn't get out there, and they're hitting all these wide-open threes. Um, I mean, if you're the Utah Jazz, the Jazz are a very interesting organization to me right now because obviously they're the number one seed. But I don't think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert really get along, especially after the whole COVID thing that happened last year. And I think we're more and more seeing in the playoffs, obviously, like there's there's been small exceptions here and there. But in the playoffs, big centers, no matter how good they are on defense, they just don't really play in the playoffs anymore. In the playoffs, they're kind of, they're kind of being, they're kind of. I, I know you're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton. Well, I would disagree there, but, but, <laughs> I'm, but I'm talking like centers who are the best players on their team. You know, DeAndre Ayton's not the best player in the Suns, and also DeAndre Ayton's more mobile than Rudy Gobert is. I'd DeAndre- also argue though, Rudy Gobert's definitely not the best player on that team though. He's like one B to Mitchell's one A. Sure. Okay. I, I yeah, that's that's fair enough. No one's arguing that Deion, DeAndre Ayton's a great player, but no one's arguing that DeAndre Ayton's number the one player on the team. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I I will say though, you do have to give the Jazz some credit. Like, amazing season this year, and I really do think, like in this playoffs, we saw. Donovan Mitchell rolled up his ankle pretty bad, and he was clearly playing not 100%. And, dude, the man was shooting lights out, too. Yeah. Like, he he really, I think, elevated himself in this playoffs, which I think is awesome for them going forward. Mm-hmm. They also were missing Mike Conley. He came back game six, but he was definitely not healthy. Like, Mike Conley looked garbage in game six. Yeah. They were struggling with some injuries too, but that's just kind of been this playoffs. I feel like every team has dealt with some sort of injuries or something happening where their players aren't playing, which we'll get into later, which kind of sucks for the Suns. But it's it's been a weird – there's been so many injuries. I mean, the Nets, they've had Kyrie injured. James Harden's been injured. They've had – KD was injured earlier in the season. It's just been a rough year, and I think it's not that unexpected. We kind of saw this coming with such a short offseason due to COVID and everything that was so weird last year, and we're really seeing it now in the playoffs. These teams are beat up, dude. I think less than COVID, because obviously COVID was a big deal, but it really, to me, only really, when you look at the bubble, it really should have only badly affected four teams and not to be fair those four teams are not the four teams remaining now the nuggets the celtics the raptors and the lakers um sorry the nuggets the celtics the heat and the lakers those four teams who were remaining last year and just did not get a at all the good amount of rest what i think probably affected the four teams that are left now more is the condensed schedule especially in the second half the fact that there were so many postponed games in the first half because of COVID and they had to make all of those up in such a short span of time to get to 72 games in the second half. The fact that those guys are playing a lot more games during the week than they were used to, I think that's what's probably leading to a lot of these injuries. Um, that's just my opinion. And you, I mean, the thing about it is like you were talking about the Jazz, all their injuries. To be, I mean, whether it's fair or not, that's not really an excuse this year, like you said, Rylan, because everyone's playing hurt. Um, there's really only one team in the playoffs right now that's completely healthy, and it's the Bucks. The Bucks are the only team in the playoffs that are pretty much completely healthy. The Suns are going to get there because Chris Paul, his thing is a little bit more – it's annoying, but it's a little bit more temporary. Dumb as hell is what it is. <laughs> and, so, and so he'll get there. But, um, I, mean, other, I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I'm not, we're not sure if he's going to come back. On the Hawks, Trey Young – I mean, he's playing incredible, but he's got a shoulder issue, and they have some guys who are hurt too. And so, like, it's very interesting, and it might end up coming down to just who can stay healthy the longest. Yeah, man. It, you're, I think you do make a very good point. I do think that condensed schedule, thinking thinking about it now, yeah, I, I guess none of these teams were really going deep into the playoffs or anything. So 
that shouldn't affect them as much. But even then, they're they were playing games like later, like in the bubble. All these all these teams were in the bubble. No, the Hawks weren't in the bubble, but the Hawks are pretty much healthy. They've yeah. had they had one injury, but that happened during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, the condensed schedule, just everything. It's just it's definitely been just a lot of wear and tear on these guys. And yeah, we're seeing people get injured, which is never fun to see because we want to see teams at full capacity. But also this means that sneak peek the Nets might have lost. And that's fantastic for the Suns because I did not want to play the Nets. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Yesterday, the Bucks and the Nets might have given us the game of the year. Um, it went to overtime. It was insane. Uh, Kevin Durant was one shoe size away from winning the series for the Brooklyn Nets. And then uh, overtime was just an absolute shit fest because everyone was so tired and the Bucks found a way to pull it off. But yeah, the Bucks come back from an 0-2 deficit. They get helped by the injury to Kyrie. James Harden was playing with a grade two hamstring strain. But honestly, let's not let that solely the fact that yesterday was one of the greatest games I have ever watched as far as just like guys going at it. Kevin Durant literally was playing out of his mind and almost carried the Nets on to the next round. Um, Rylan, what are your thoughts on that game? So let's talk about this for a second. If, if you've been listening to this show for a little bit, you know that probably a month and a half ago we did a show where we ranked our top 10 players. I put Kevin Durant at number 10 because I said he's one of the best scorers I've ever seen, maybe the best scorer I've ever seen. Kyle gave me a bunch of crap for that. He's like, oh, there's no way he should be above Steph. Bro, this man literally just dropped two 50-point games in this playoff series. He had, like, one of the best playoff games of all time, dropping 50, 17 rebounds and 11 assists. This last game, he he was carrying – I mean, the second-best player on this team was Bruce Brown. James Harden was playing, but, I mean, he was by no means healthy. He was playing through a bad hamstring strain. He couldn't really move. Like, Kevin Durant, people need to know that Kevin Durant is a top 10 player ever. <laughs> maybe not maybe not greatness, but just player of basketball. He is a top 10 player of basketball of all time. I but can still lost this series. I can get on board with that. I think my biggest issue was less that you put him on the top ten and more that you put him ahead of Kobe at first. That was uh, <laughs> that was my biggest issue. Um, but you know, like uh, I can't argue with. It. I mean, Kevin Durant. I was talking to my dad about this the other day, and we were talking about the difference between Katie and Steph. And I was saying that the difference between Katie and Steph is that Steph, he, obviously, he's the greatest shooter of all time. Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. But when you talk about all-around scorers, Kevin Durant can literally score whenever he wants because he is seven feet foot tall with a handle. You're not going to be able – if you're big enough to get to his shot, you're not quick enough to stay with him. Mm-hmm. And, if you're, and if you're quick enough to stay with him, you're not big enough to get to his shot. And so um, that's what frustrated me so much about this series is that the Bucks never put Giannis on KD. But that's a whole other thing that we would be talking about more if the Nets would have actually won that game. Um, but yeah, Kevin Durant, I gained a lot of respect for Kevin Durant in this series. I already had a fair amount of respect for him because I'm a Warriors fan and I saw him help us win two championships. Carried to two championships. He did not carry the two championships. Carried the Warriors for two championships. One finals MVP? Uh, Kevin Durant. But it should mm, That's interesting there. Yeah. It's definitely the last year. Uh, but I think that, look. I think, first off, do I feel bad about the Nets losing this series with two of their best players hurt? No, absolutely not. I feel zero empathy. And the reason I feel zero empathy is because uh, this is basketball karma for when you rest all your players for almost all of the regular season and think that that, <laughs> think that you can just coast into the playoffs and win the championship. So I think there's a little bit of basketball karma here, there. Um, oh. With that being said, it was obvious that the Bucks were not the best team in this series and that they got lucky that <laughs> Kyrie got hurt. Even even like at the end of that game yesterday, the Bucks were trying to lose that game. Like they were like trying to lose that game. Uh, I think Charles Barkley said it really well on Inside the NBA when he said that he thinks the Bucks are going to win the championship, but they're probably the dumbest team that he has ever seen as far as like their adjustments and as far as like um, the way they use Giannis and stuff like that. Um, with that being said, 
I'm happy for the city of Milwaukee. Um, and uh, it's going to be an interesting series between them and the Hawks because I know everyone's going to pick the Bucks, but I think the Hawks are going to give them a series. So, yeah, we we do got to give the Bucks some credit here. I mean, it's not like they didn't they by no means beat a full powered Nets team. And honestly, I don't think any team would have beaten a full powered Nets team. I think that team would have won it all. But I mean, Giannis, well, Giannis still can't shoot a freaking free throw to save his life. But he did play very well for them in those final games. He put up like 35 points. He put up over 10 rebounds. You can't ask for too much more except for maybe shoot more than 50% from the free throw line. Yeah. Hopefully he can figure that out. Because, like, he used to be an okay free throw shooter. At one point in his career, he was shooting 70%, which is, for a big man, not not the best. But it's not, like, the worst ever either. Like, like, he can go to the free throw line and make a shot. Yeah. That needs to be fixed. Drew Holiday needs to stop shooting 12 threes in a game also. <laughs> Chris Middleton needs to get the ball more. Like, Chris Middleton is so good. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's a great player for them. But, yeah, they, they beat him in seven. Crazy overtime game. Essentially no points scored in overtime. There was, like, eight points scored. The Nets scored once – and then the Bucks scored a few times, and both those teams were so gassed, man. Like you could yeah. tell at the end of that game, Chris Middleton was gasping for air. Kevin Durant literally had no legs underneath him. Kev- Kevin Durant played like fifty-three minutes that game. Like <laughs> that, he he essentially didn't actually. Yeah, no, he played every single minute that game. Kevin Durant didn't step out the entire game. He did not step off the court, and neither did James Harden, by the way, who was playing with a hamstring strain. Like. And Bruce Brown played 51 minutes. He only took two minutes off, which is pretty crazy because, like, no one knew Bruce Brown a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I think the Nets, they, look, they're, they have all three of these guys in their contract next year. The interesting question is whether they're going to be able to bring back their supporting cast. They have the Spencer Dinwiddie question about what they're going to do with him because he was hurt all this year, and he's possibly – He's a really good player. He was one of the best bench players in the league a couple of years ago. And so um, – He actually today declined his contract, okay. uh, his his fifth year. So he will be an unrestricted free agent this year. Another so word. Him, so, yeah, another, we'll see. In other words, he's not coming back. <laughs> and, yep. so, and so, um, look, I think that obviously when you have the three, these three guys together, assuming they can stay healthy, you're always going to be a championship contender what they're going to need to do is to figure out a way to get more guys who can play defense, who can just go out there and be a defensive stopper for you. Um, we saw that anytime the Bucks ran any sort of competent offensive play, they were pretty much getting an open shot. Um, and that was, the, that was the thing about the Bucks is that they tried really hard not to be competent on offense. But whenever they would get a competent – I mean, Chris Milton was getting anything he wanted at the end of that game. Chris Middleton was getting to his spot. He was making shots. That was probably the shot that won the Bucks the series was in overtime when Chris Middleton got into the paint and took that little turnaround jumper. Um, and that's just that he just got right to where he wanted. Um, and so, yeah, I think that the Nets, they need to find some good role players who can play defense. But honestly, if all three of those guys are healthy, they're probably going to be the favorites for next year going into next year. So, Yeah, definitely. And then next up, I mean – the Bucks came back from 0-2, so that was a huge upset. But like, no one's no one saw the Hawks making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks today just beat the 76ers in seven games. Kevin Herter had an amazing game and lifted the lifted the Hawks over the Sixers. Wow, we have back-to-back years where the five seed makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Is this because the teams just we're underrated coming in, or is this because the East just still isn't that great? I think, first off, it's because the Hawks were underrated coming in. If you look at the Hawks' record after they started 14-20, and 20, they were one of the best teams in the NBA. I think they had a top-five record in the NBA. And so they were just they just kept on playing the way they were playing in the second half of the season under Nate McMillan, who, by the way, should be the not interim but official head coach of that team. The fact that he's still interim is insane. He um, will be the head coach. Like, There's no way they don't bring him back. Exactly. However, I do want to say one thing. The Philadelphia 76ers um, probably cemented themselves as one of the greatest chokers in the history of the NBA playoffs um, this year, choking an 18-point lead in 
choking an 18 point lead in game four and then choking a 26 point lead in game five um is truly impressive (laughs) it's just absolutely like there's no way that the sixers should have lost the series all due respect to atlanta i love atlanta i love trey young i love those guys out there they play hard and they're going to give the bucks a series but there's no way the 76ers should have lost this series and they found a way to do it and the reason that they lost the series was because only two guys on that entire actually I'll say only three guys on that entire team came to play Joel Embiid, Seth Curry, and Tyrese Maxey. Those are the only three guys on that team who came out to play. Ben Simmons is has become an official fish Ben Simmons has gone from all-star to offensive liability. Yeah, he, he's bad now. Like sure he's still a great defender but he can't do anything on offense. Today he shot 2 for 16. Mm-hmm. He he had a shot Yeah. He had a shot at the end of the game. He was wide open with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. He was wide open in front of the rim, and he passed it to a contested Tobias Harris. He literally does not believe that he can make anything. He's probably the worst free throw shooter in the entire league at this point. He shot like 30% from the line in this series. Um, he, he he He's zero threat from the outside, and now he's zero threat from the inside too. Literally, you don't even need to put a defender on him at this point. Um, yeah, he, he's just... I don't know. I mean, he never was a good shooter and that's okay. Like you can, if, if you can be a good facilitator with the ball, you're one of the best defenders in the league. And if you can continue to use your size and be aggressive to get inside and, or go inside and kick out for, to free up other people, you can still be good on offense. Like you, to be good on offense, you don't necessarily have to be scoring every single time. Mm-hmm. as long as you are creating for your team. But he just looks like he doesn't – I don't know if it's that he doesn't want to be there or he doesn't know what to do anymore or he's just so in his own head that he just is playing terribly. Like, he is just a liability on offense. Yeah, he's still one of the best defenders in the league, but in game six, they he didn't even play starter minutes. I think he played the six most minutes on the team after yeah. starting because they had to take him out. Well, yeah, because and the Hawks were smart about that. They started hacking him because they know that he can't make free throws. And so Doc Rivers, because like they kept on getting too many um, empty possessions, Doc Rivers literally was like, "All right, I got to put in Maxi because Maxi is at least out here giving me full effort, and he can actually make free throws. Like we're not going to have to worry about." And when you're a point guard, you can't make free throws, man. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's- I don't. I don't think Ben Simmons is going to be on this team after this offseason. I think he's going to get traded or just. I mean, yeah, he's under contract, I believe. So I think it'll have to be traded. But Joel, if if they don't bring in other pieces around Joel Embiid, I think Joel Embiid doesn't stay. Yeah. Because Joel Embiid wants to win a championship, and he's a stud. He's one of the best – he's one of the best players in the league, just period. Not he, – he's the best center in the league. Well, okay, maybe, maybe Jokic. He's – I would say he's the best true center in the league. Jokic kind of plays – I don't know what Jokic plays. Jokic does whatever he wants and he's good at it. But like Joel Embiid is a great player and he's a star you should build around. But man, Ben Simmons is not it. Ben, Tobias Harris is good too, but Tobias Harris, I don't know, man. Something's got to change with this team. Fire your head coach, get rid of Ben Simmons, get rid of Tobias Harris. I don't know what you need to do here. Bring in someone else. Yeah, Tobias Harris... I mean, we forget this guy is a lethal scorer. Like he's a he's a certified bucket, but he just couldn't do anything in this series. He was quiet. There was a couple games where he scored single digits. A guy like Tobias Harris cannot be scoring single digits if you expect to win this series. Um, but yeah, just to talk about Ben Simmons, I mean, you're talking about how like you want to trade Ben Simmons. I don't know who would want him at this point. I mean, his contract's huge. His contract's huge. He's he can't make shots unless you're unless I don't unless you're expecting him to fulfill like a Draymond Green role, maybe on like the Blazers or something with Damian Lillard. But I don't even think Damian Lillard would want that. Like it just Here, here's, here's what happens. Here's what happens. He gets traded to the Thunder so the Thunder can eat his money since the Thunder are clearly I mean, they got like 50 first round picks in the next three years or five years or six years or whatever it is. Yeah. He gets traded to the Thunder like someone else just did so that they could eat his cunt. 
we'll just break it now. Kemba Walker got traded to the Thunder, essentially, and they got picks with him so that they could eat his massive contract. I say they do this with Ben Simmons too, get more draft picks. They can then trade away Ben Simmons and Kemba Walker to get other pieces. Here, and then you got a team coming. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. The Sixers trade Ben Simmons and draft picks for Kemba Walker. What if they traded for Shea? Ah, uh, I see. The Thunder- I don't think the Thunder want to trade him because I think he's a great, great young player. Uh-huh. But he could fit. Uh, he's a good scorer. He could fit with that team potentially. I think you're more likely to see them trade Kemba out there because I think I think that they Sam Presti and those boys they think of Shea as like a building block for their future. They think of him as the guy who's going to usher in the next uh, chapter of Thunder basketball. Maybe not as the best player, but as one of the two best players. And so um, I think that one would be tough. I uh, don't necessarily disagree, but I mean. I think it's possible because they really are built for like three or four years from now, mm-hmm. like with the picks and everything that they have. And if you're not going to be competing for three or four years, if you're getting so like we're crapping on Ben Simmons right now. And honestly, I think he deserves it at this point, but it's not like he hasn't been a good player before. If you get a player like Ben Simmons and they also give you draft picks, I mean, you got to be at least tempted there, right? Yeah, you do. You 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 do got to be. T- and Ben Simmons is relatively young as well. Like we, we let's not forget about that. I do want to call attention though to a guy who we, we we were just talking about him, and I think we do acknowledge he had a good series. But we also have to acknowledge I'm talking about Joel Embiid. He was playing with a torn MCL in this series, and he was still dominating. He was still a he still looked like himself. He still looked like he was out there giving it all for his team. And so, just like we're not going to blame Kevin Durant for the Nets losing, I don't think we can blame Joel Embiid for the 76ers losing. Um, we, no, Joel Embiid was 30 points, 10-plus rebounds every single game. I, you can't really do much more than that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can drop a 50-point game, maybe, but you can't consistently drop 50 points every game or expect to – you can't expect any one player to do that. Yeah, and so – and then, I mean, another thing we have to talk about, because I think he gets kind of a free pass, but he shouldn't get one anymore. Doc Rivers, man. Uh, Doc Rivers, he, uh, he he won that championship with the Celtics in 08, but since then, um, he has not had hardly any playoff success. In fact, it's been even worse. Doc Rivers, I mean, arguably you could say, is one of the great chokers of uh, NBA head coach history. Um, when you look at his history with the Clippers – and now with the uh, 76ers, I mean, again, we talked about how they had no business losing the series. Doc Rivers has to have a little bit of accountability in that. Yeah, we talked about the Bucks. Like, I swear during these games they would drop plays, well, try to drop plays, and it was just the stupidest thing you could have done. And when you're up 25, with a good defensive team too, you got to be able to coach that team to a victory. If you're losing that, yeah, it's on your players too, but like the coach has a big role in that. You you can't just let your players just just stagnate on the floor and just you got to keep putting pressure on. You got to I don't know, man. Yeah, Doc Rivers is I don't, I don't know if I think he'll get fired and I don't think he's going to get a coaching job any except it seems like every time a coach chokes like this Somehow they managed to find a job again. So we'll see. I don't think he should be a head coach anymore, but I think people still give him too much credit for that one championship. Yeah, the one championship where he had three Hall of Famers and it took him 26 playoff games to win it. Um, like, I mean, respect. He won the championship. But also, other than, I mean, he Tyron Lue just took the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals, something that had never happened before without Kawhi Leonard. And Doc Rivers blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets with a fully loaded team. Um, that's, uh, I mean, that's indicting right there. And then you see him do this with the 76ers and lose to a clearly inferior Hawks team, a team that really had no business winning the series, but they let him back into it. Um, it's, uh, that's got to hurt. And then again, I do want to, I feel like this entire time we've been just shitting on the 76ers, but all, a lot of credit to the Hawks, man, as far as putting together a really good young team. Trey Young's a star of the future, um, star right now. Uh, Kevin Herter went off. Bogdan Bogdanovich is uh, an underrated player, incredible shooting guard. 
Um, Lou Will is having a renaissance. Danilo Gallinari is finally getting a chance to show who he is. John good for them. Yeah, John Collins looks like he's going to be an all-star at some point in the future. Um, Clint Capella is doing what he's done his entire career, including in Houston. Now he's doing it in Atlanta. Um, yeah, this team's good, and I think they're they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna beat the Bucks, but I think they're gonna give the Bucks a series. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, man. But I guess talking about the last last of these teams and kind of the the other series that's gonna be going on, it's gonna be the Suns versus the Clippers. We knew the Suns swept. <laughs> they haven't played in well until today. They haven't played in a week, and today they played the Clippers in Game One. And, man, it was a nail-biter. Devin Booker went off for 40 points in a triple-double to lead this team to a victory without Chris Paul because Chris Paul, in maybe the stupidest turn of events ever for the NBA, is out right now because he has COVID. But he was vaccinated four months ago. This is garbage. Chris Paul's the most – Unlucky player in the playoffs ever. I, I don't literally, I don't even understand how this happens. This is just stupid. I'm kind of pissed off. We won game one, though. I shouldn't be that salty. Devin Booker is a superstar. No one can tell me differently. And DeAndre Aiden is a great center and he does good things. So don't make fun of all centers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the Chris Paul situation has been very confusing. Um, he, uh, apparently tested positive for COVID, although he's been vaccinated. Um, the one bright side about that is that he should be able to come back possibly for game two and probably for game three, you would think, because he will eventually, he will eventually test negative a lot sooner than most people will. Cause he is vaccinated and they'll be able to get him out on the floor. Um, but this is kind of just, Yes, it's BS because he's vaccinated, so COVID is not really going to do anything to him. But this is why you need to get as many people on your team vaccinated as possible. Because as far as I understand it, the reason he has to be held out is not everyone on the Suns and on the uh, Clippers is vaccinated. And so because of that, since he has the virus, he could still spread it to them. And so that's the reason that you have to hold out Chris Paul. And so, uh, and so that's that's the reasoning behind the decision and why you have to wait for him to test negative. It is frustrating though, if you're the Suns, because I mean, it sounds like the Suns were following all the protocols. It sounds like, sounds like Chris Paul, literally all he did was go to practice, go to the games, then go home. That was literally all he was doing. And for him to get COVID <laughs> is uh, pretty frustrating. Um, with that being said, Rylan, you guys did win game one, so you can't be that upset um you're going to at least be tied one to one probably by the time chris ball comes back and so and so i think that um and and without Kawhi leonard you guys should beat this team anyway to be completely to be completely they're, they're trying to hold my boys down dude freaking <laughs> false positive i i bet you they just don't want to see my sons win but that's okay because d book overcomes <laughs> devin booker has He's put himself in that conversation for top 10 player in the game this this playoffs. <laughs> they, oh, I mean, this playoffs? You you mean like top 10 player in the playoffs or NBA because of the playoffs? Uh, NBA because oh, of the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. He, I mean, he's been insane. <laughs> I mean, top 10 player of all time even, why don't we? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> in the top 100. Uh, but, but D-Book, I mean, because when you think about championship teams, this team, I think we believe at this point, obviously is a championship contender. Championship contenders usually have either one guy who's a top three, top five player or two guys in the top 10, top 15. And Devin Booker and Chris Paul are probably both in that conversation right now. And so, uh, um, and then the fact that D-Book, D-Book showed me a lot in this game today. The fact that D-Book was able to go in and drop 40 without his um, without his running mate, without the guy who's been helping him his entire year, without a second-best player, because um, I do think Chris Paul is the second-best player on this team at this point. Um, to see Devin Booker do that and just show out and carry a team, granted the other team didn't have their best player, but um, that I mean that showed me a lot. And then obviously Paul George, we talked about this with the uh, Clips beating the Jazz. Paul George has taken himself from meme to to uh, to uh, 
I mean, respectable star. Like, great. Play- playoff P is for sure back. Yeah, Pandemic P has disappeared. Playoff P, maybe when he got vaccinated, Pandemic P disappeared. But uh, mm. And now Playoff P is back. We're, I mean, this is like vintage Paul George from when he was on the Pacers in those battles with the Heat when he was like one of the one of the bright young stars of the game. And now he's a little bit more grizzled. He doesn't seem to be letting anything rattle him. He's out there with, I mean, don't get me wrong, Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson have had great playoffs so far, but he's out there. I've been with- unconscious the past few games from three. Like, yeah. let's, not, let's not put it any other way. This Clippers team, especially in the second half, I don't know what is going on, but they do not miss threes in the second half. And it it was terrifying. We were up 10 at one point. We are up 10 actually with like a minute left. And they hit three threes in a row in like 15 seconds. And I was, then my heart rate went way, way too high. But we pulled it. (laughs) You pulled it out. You pulled it out. And we'll see if Chris Paul comes back for game two. I'm hoping so. I'm also hoping Kawhi Leonard comes back as soon as possible because I want to see both these teams at full, at full um, capacity. I want to see both these teams with uh, loaded rosters to play each other. Rylan, I, I you want to see Kawhi too. You don't want to see the Suns limp into the finals. You want to see them beat the best team they can. Don't come on, don't give me that face. I mean, <laughs> do I really want to see Kawhi come back? Not at all. No. <laughs> I definitely don't. But no, I just don't want to see Kawhi Leonard come back. Like, let's be honest. It's it's not my fault they got injured. Like <laughs> A championship, a championship at the end of the day. Yeah. And no one expected the Suns to be here. If the Suns win it, I don't care who they beat. They won a championship, and no one can take that away. But we got a lot of games to go still, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting series. I don't think anyone saw the two best players in the Western Conference. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the year who the two best players in the Western Conference Finals were going to be, um, I would have probably told you something like, I don't know. LeBron and Kawhi, possibly LeBron and Jokic, maybe Kawhi and Jokic. It's Paul George and Devin Booker. Those are the two best players in the Western Conference Finals. And they have beef too, which is hilarious. They hate each other. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I mean, I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's been a great playoff so far, and we have four teams in here. And I, just to, I, I do think – I predicted that the, before the year, I thought the Clippers were going to be in the Western Conference Finals. I did not think the Bucks were going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I definitely did not think the Hawks and the Suns were going to be in the Conference Finals. And so this has been exciting. It's been exciting to see some teams that we did not see coming, some of it because of injury, unfortunately, but some teams that we did not see coming finally get their time in the sun. And we're going to see a playoff. We're going to see a championship drought broken here. The Bucks have not won since the 70s. The Hawks haven't won in for – I don't think they've ever won, and neither have the Suns or the Clippers. So yeah. – Someone's either winning their first championship. 75% chance we get a new championship team for the first yeah. time ever. So that's pretty cool. And the Bucks would also be cool because they haven't won since Kareem. And so, and so. Yeah, but like, go Suns. <laughs> go Suns. Okay, but okay. Speaking of, so we got we got the Suns versus the Clippers. Now we know we got the Bucks versus the Hawks. Who do you think is going to go to the championship? And who's who do you think is winning it all? I'm going to go because Kawhi is hurt. I'm going to go Suns versus the Bucks. I'm going to say Suns versus Bucks. And I think that series probably goes seven because I think both those teams are very evenly matched. And then I think the fact that game seven's in Phoenix, I got to give it to the Suns. I think the Suns are going to win the championship. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I never would have thought this. I actually think the Suns are going to win because I, I don't think – They've been kind of trying to talk down Kawhi's injury. I think it might be ACL. I think he might have sprained his ACL, and so I don't think he's coming back for this series. Maybe he does. Maybe he's a baller. Whatever. I think the Suns win this series. I think I think the Bucks win the series more than likely. And I think the Suns can win it. They have home court. Giannis chokes in the playoffs. We're a good defensive team. We can shoot threes. Yeah, I, I think – I think without Kawhi, the Suns probably beat the Clippers in five. With Kawhi, that series probably goes seven if Kawhi finds a way to come back. I think that series probably goes seven, and I still think the Suns probably barely win because they're at home for game seven. Um, And Kawhi, if he comes back, he's not going to be 100%. Um, On the Eastern side, 
the Bucks and the Hawks. I think that goes six just because the Hawks are playing out of their minds right now. But I think the Bucks probably pull that one out in six. And then the NBA, an NBA Finals between the Bucks and Suns would be must watch. That would be a must watch series. I think the Bucks on paper are the better team. But I think as far as which team looks better right now, as far as which team is playing the best overall basketball, it's definitely the Suns. With well, that, with yeah, that being I mean, said, I don't know who's going to defend Giannis on the Suns, Jay Crowder. Uh, but um, I mean, I think it would be a combination of you have Mikael Bridges guarding him on the outside, and when the inevitable switch comes, I think DeAndre Ayton is a very big body that you can put on him, and he's a good defender too for the inside. I. You're, you're never going to completely shut down Giannis, but I mean, give him threes. Like, honestly, let him shoot, and I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Because he'll make a few, but like, realistically, you got good chances letting him shoot a bunch. Of course, the way these playoffs have been going, Rylan, we might uh, tune into one of our podcasts in a couple weeks, and it'll be Clippers and Hawks in the finals. And so. <laughs> Dude, what if the Hawks won the championship? They start out with the worst record in the NBA. What if they won a championship? Um, if they won a championship, I don't know. The Honestly, world would be upside down. I, I don't know what I would say. Like, Trey Young would all of a sudden be – would have to be a top three point guard. I mean, if he found a way to lead his – instantly be goaded, dude. If he found a way to win – okay, one thing I will say about these playoffs that's really fun is that none of these four teams are super teams. Like, yes – the Clippers with Kawhi, they're a good, they're a, they're a big duo with Paul George and Kawhi. The Suns, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are pretty are pretty dominant. Um, but okay, well, just real quick on that though, Devin Booker, they drafted. He's been home home guy, stuck with them, signed a new contract, and everybody cr- counted Chris Paul out. People did not think Chris Paul was a superstar anymore before this That's year. True. That's true, and so I think that you're looking at probably the first time. I mean the Raptors, but probably only the second time since the Mavericks in 2011 where you could really say, I mean, yeah, that first Warriors team wasn't really a super team, but it's, I mean, it's one of the rare times in modern NBA history where we're not going to have a super team win a championship. It's going to be a non-super team, Dirk Mavs-esque championship where it's just a bunch of really good guys together playing together with a star at the center. Um, And so... We'll see. I mean, it, this is this is for Trey Young, for Chris Paul, um, Devin Booker, Giannis, Kawhi, and Paul George. This is your chance to cement your legacy in an era that has been dominated by LeBron and Steph. And so your chance to cement your legacy and finally get a championship out of this era, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, and I mean, for Chris Paul especially, with his career coming to an end. So I'm hoping for the Suns. I'm obviously rooting for the Suns, and I think they got a shot now, which is sick. Yes, indeed. Um, but we got a few more pieces of just quick NBA news to talk, talk about. Uh, we got some drama in both the Mavericks locker room and in the Pelicans locker room. We're yeah. hearing talks that potentially Luca maybe doesn't want to be there so much anymore. And same with Zion came out that his family doesn't want him there anymore, thinks they're not doing the right things, bringing in the right pieces for him to help him win. What do you think? I mean, they're they're both going to sign Supermax extensions, the thing. So they're both going to be there long term. Um, I think the one that's more dire is probably Dallas, just because of all the upheaval we've seen in the last couple of days. They lost their general manager. They fired the general manager pretty much. They said it was a mutual agreement, which means fired. And then Rick Carlisle resigned. Um, And then, I mean... You're, Mark Cuban's going to have to find a coach that gets along with Luca. He's going to have to find a GM that's going to put the right pieces around him. That one I think is a bit more dire. The New Orleans thing with New Orleans, I think they just haven't won yet. And so I think if they can just find a way to win a little bit, that Zion will be happy. And I think they will next year because eventually with all those young guys and all those pieces, you're going to have a playoff year. And so you're going to find a way to get a seven seed or a six seed. And, um, and so I think if he brings in the right coach, Chauncey Billups would be my pick, but if he brings in the right coach, um, that that should be that that should be that should solve itself. And we haven't heard that Zion wants out. We've heard that Zion's family wants out, and so we don't know what Zion's feelings are. 
um with luca we've actually heard that luca legitimately is pissed off and from what i've heard he had a really good relationship with their former gm so if you're really trying to make luca feel good firing the general manager that he really liked was not, was not the best move on mark cuban's part um and so yeah i i think that both these stories are i think both these situations are easily fixable with the right pieces and with the right um, attention to what these two star young stars want, um, but it's very it's very interesting. In an era of player empowerment, we're seeing younger and younger players take control of their situations. Yeah, for sure. I I think what you said is very true. I think this is both of these are very easily fixable situations, and I think I think more than likely they will be fixed. I I don't see either of these players leaving right now, but yeah, it, it's just. I mean, Luca and Zion could both play on any team and just elevate a team for sure. So, especially yeah. Luca. Luca is just so fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, by the way, if you want to make, and this is for the Blazers, this is for anyone, do not hire Mike D'Antoni if you want to make your young star happy. We've heard his name in talks. I just want to put that out there. Mike D'Antoni does not deserve a job in the NBA anymore. Just uh, please, same thing with Doc Rivers. Like, please let the old guys die. Okay. Uh, Scott Brooks, um, he was just fired by Washington. I like Scott Brooks, but he probably also shouldn't get a job in this next uh, group of head coaches. It should be a new young, it should be a new young cast of head coaches. Agreed. Yeah. But NBA has been crazy, been super fun, but we'll, we'll see. We'll give you another update next week. I can promise you that. But you want to get into some, to some predictions for the week? Let's do it. Yeah, so last week, uh, well, I I think I won two or three. Kyle won a few more than me. He he caught up, I think, one, maybe two. But I am 47-31. He is 41-39. and 39. Records, are, records are close. You're just a few back. I am indeed. And we're going to get started with an an- a, a, a game that I think I know the answer to for you, Ryland. Uh, S-U-N-S, Sun, Sun, Suns. Clippers versus Suns game two. Who do you got, Ryland? So I'm, I'm, I'm never picking against my team again. I never, never. They're going to win every single game. They're going to sweep this series. They're going to sweep the next series. They're essentially doing what the Lakers did, like, whenever it was. Back with Kobe and Shaq when they almost had the perfect playoffs. Just crushing every team. Ah. Uh... I mean, without Kawhi, I gotta go with the Suns as well. I, I can't, I can't pick against the Suns the way they look right now. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. I already said that without Kawhi, this pro series probably goes only five, in my opinion. So, and then up next, we got the Hawks versus Bucks in Game One. Who you got in this one? I think the Hawks steal Game One. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna win the series. I think they're gonna lose in six. But I think the Hawks are going to go into Milwaukee. The Bucks are going to be dumb, and they're not going to make the correct adjustments. And the Hawks are going to find a way to take Game One, and that'll be the that'll be one of the only two games they win in the series. So I got the Hawks in Game One. That's spicy. I, I disagree, but I would I want to see the Hawks win. If we're being honest, that'd be sick to see the Hawks make it to the finals. But I'm going to take the Bucks. Okay, there you go. All right, now we didn't get to talk about baseball today, but I do want to draw everyone's attention to one of the most incredible records, and not for a good reason, that's going on in sports right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks have lost 23 straight road games, which is a record in Major League Baseball. They have lost 17 straight games outright, and they are 5-40 and 40 in their last 45 games. They're 20-52 and 52 right now. They are taking losing and making it an art form. Um, they have lost 17 straight, as I said. They are not even they're not even close in a lot of these games. They're getting absolutely blown out. They have awful pitching. They can't hit. Um, and they can't really play defense either. With that being said, um, they're playing the Brewers on Tuesday, who are tied for first place in the National League Central. <laughs> so, Ryland, who you got? You know, I think the Diamondbacks are a great team and all. <laughs> but something just tells me the Brewers might might win this game <laughs> it's baseball is one of those games where like you would think you'd have to win a game by accident eventually you know i don't think the diamondbacks are ever going to win another game and like i'm not even saying that as hyperbole like 
<laughs> they've lost 17 straight. They've lost 23 straight on the road. They're not even looking like they're even close in a lot of these games. They were up 7-0 on the Giants on Tuesday, and the Giants came back and won 9-8. They literally, they literally have, like, they're losing in just such creative ways. And with that being said, I have to go with the Brewers because I just cannot physically see in my mind a possibility where the Arizona Diamondbacks win a baseball game at this point. What would you say if I gave you three points if they won? Oh, interesting. Interesting. We got a bit of a handicap here. Oh, wager here. Maybe you could catch up if the Diamondbacks win. All right. Well, in that case, I'm going with the Diamondbacks. All if right. I- all right. I mean, they have to win one eventually, right? Nope. Like- <laughs> nope. Now I'm just – oh, that – got to learn in betting. There's a reason why the lines are so big. It's like, oh, when I d- put a dollar down to win $100, it's a trap. <laughs> All yeah, right, okay, because you fell for it. All right, well, uh, we'll see how uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Nationals and Phillies on Tuesday. Who you got? I'll take the Nationals in this one. I think they're a good team. Both these teams are pretty even, but but I'm gonna rock with the Nationals in this one. Ah, oh, the Phillies were hot before playing the Giants, and you know what the Giants do to teams—they just absolutely uh, they, they 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 take the they take the uh, they take the hotness out of them. They the Giants won another series against the Phillies, and so. Um, I gotta go with the Nationals. They're they're just a better team right now, as much as it pains me to agree with you. Um, and then of course we got the second and third best teams in the National League. The Padres playing the Dodgers. They have great series against each other, even though neither of them can beat the Giants. But uh, who you got, <laughs> Padres or Dodgers? You know, uh, I think I'm actually gonna go with the Padres on this one. I think the Padres are a really freaking good team, and Dodgers haven't been playing quite up to what they should be. So I'm I'm gonna go with them. The Dodgers are ahead of the Padres in the standings right now. Um, Padres had a really good series against the Reds. The Dodgers, I mean, they played the Diamondbacks, so that was basically three straight, three three free wins. So um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the uh, – I can't pick the Dodgers. I'm going to go with the Padres just because I'm not allowed to pick the, to pick the Dodgers. That's All the- right, fair enough. And then finally, we got game five in the NHL series between the Islanders and the Lightning. They're tied 2-2 right now, so it is a very good series. Who do you have in this one? Hockey in Florida is wrong. For that reason, I'm going for I'm going with the New York Islanders. Terrible decision. I I do think the Lightning win this game, and I think they win this series. So put me down for the Lightning. Well, there you go. All right. Well, this was a great episode of the Wanna Talk Sports Podcast. Pretty much just talked about basketball the entire time, which I'm not complaining about because uh the playoffs have been insane so far. Um, and I'm excited for the next round. Yeah, for sure. Uh, super fun podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed listening. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Peace out, everybody.